You're listening to Campus Review Radio. Like most budgets, they tend to be a bit of a, a mixed bag. We were uh, very disappointed uh, to see that the $2.5 billion worth of cuts are still on the table, um, and particularly at a time where all the discussion is around the need to make the transition to a new economy based on innovation, ideas, ingenuity, and um, that makes it it makes it difficult for universities to play their uh, part and to realise their full potential in that national task um, when uh, the funding um, that that enables them to be able to do that uh, continues to be reduced. We're also disappointed at the abolition of the Office of Learning and Teaching, is which is one of the last uh, remaining programs that encourages and supports excellence and innovation in university teaching. Uh, and uh, the other uh, program that we were disappointed to see substantial cuts being made to is the Higher Education Participation and Partnerships Program. And this is a program that provides support for particularly disadvantaged students in uh, succeeding at university. But, um, and so I think, uh, you know, those, those, uh, those issues were, uh, have been of concern to us, but we were pleased that the efficiency dividend has been taken off the table. And so what that means is last year, the cuts to the sector were in, that were reflected in the budget were totaled about $3.9 billion. They've come down to $2.5 billion. And one of the reasons for that is that the efficiency dividend worth around $1.2 billion over the forward estimates has been taken off the table for uh, programs that for, for legislated programs so that's been very well received by the sector as has the um, d- the announced delay of any um, introduction of higher educate of changes to higher education policy um, being delayed to the 1st of January 2018 and that of course let's uh, not only allows universities and the university sector to um, really work closely with the government on what the what the what the um, final package might look like, subject to the government being re-elected. But of course, it also provides time for universities to be able to provide information to their students, so students can be much better informed than they have been at at, at present um, in making the decisions around enrolling at university. And look, the other the other issue that uh, we've been very pleased to see has been the announcement of an options paper. And having had a quick look through it, and obviously we'll be working very closely with the Universities Australia membership and going through each of those options um, systematically and methodically and seeking to put a whole sector position together. But it does look to be comprehensive. I think um, Minister Birmingham has made a, a good fist of clearly outlining what the challenge is that he is seeking to address in putting in place a policy regime that secures a financially sustainable system for the long term. And, you know, that was what was missing back in 2014, of course, where the government's proposals were announced and people woke up on uh, the day after the budget to find a solution to a problem that they had never understood existed. And so this time around, clearly they've listened to the community and they really are taking their time in putting in, in 
attempting to bring the community uh, along with them, all stakeholders in higher education, and in providing um, quite a clear overview, as I say, on, on, on the challenge that they feel needs to be addressed. And primarily that challenge is around um, the tension that exists between the budget imperative, the constraints that are imposed by um, the budget conditions that we have at present, but it's the tension between that and the need and desire to ensure that we have a world-leading, high-quality, excellent, high-university uh, system. There's a lot of options, and they go to they go to all of the key all of the key policy areas that you could reasonably predict would um, be the subject of further discussion in higher education reform. So there are a number of options around um, ensuring that HECS help um, uh, stays sustainable. There are options around ensuring that higher education remains affordable and that no student with the ability and the desire to go to university would ever be uh, precluded from doing so. There are options, um, as you're probably aware, they have announced last night that full deregulation would be taken off the table, um, but there are options in the paper around um, you might call partial deregulation or targeted deregulation, which, is, which as presented in the paper is an opt-in, opt-out model for universities that might feel they have a particular course or a particular field of study that they feel commands some sort of a um, perhaps a premium uh, a premium fee attached to that. It, it, if that was to be implemented, that would give the ability for universities to do that, but on a voluntary basis, and only up to 20% of their loan. Uh, one of the options is around lifting the uh, student contribution to their university fee from uh, where it sits at the moment on average about 40%, lifting that to 50% and reducing the government contribution to around 50%. Um, so look, there's there's a whole uh, there is a whole range of options. Uh, one of the one area that they've also canvassed that hasn't been the subject of debate over the past two years has been around the treatment of postgraduate places. There are a number of universities that are now um, shifting their emphasis from undergraduate degrees to postgraduate degrees, but of course the demand-driven system um, uh, uh, confines itself to um, undergraduate degrees, and so that's become that's created some problems for universities who are making that choice. And so, for the first time, we've seen the issues around um, around that uh, shift um, being addressed. And there are a number of I think there's about oh, six or seven uh, or five or six issues uh, options that have been canvassed in relation in relation to that. So it is a it is a comprehensive paper. You know, I think it does provide the, a solid basis for further discussion and debate. It does seek to make the case for why then why the government feels there needs to be reform in higher education. Uh, and it, it flags the issue around cross subsidisation between teaching and research and cross subsidisation between courses. It canvasses the issues around 
the way that universities are funded or, or the, the way they're funded through the um, discipline clusters and ask the question about whether or not those clusters need to be amended um, to better reflect the costs associated with delivering programs within those discipline areas. So a lot of issues. Um, uh, and I guess from our perspective, we are very keen for everyone uh, who has an interest in higher education to participate in this process. And of course, it will only, main, it will only maintain its relevancy if the government is re-elected um, later in the year. Um, and what the government has said is that they will delay the implementation of any changes to the 1st of January 2018, but that they would like to have introduced into the parliament in the middle of 2017 the, um, the necessary legislation to give effect to whatever changes are. And they've sought submissions, um, they've sought submissions to the paper by 25th of uh, 25th of July, and you wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have you wouldn't have missed it that that's after the election, and so um, it may all be uh, may all be irrelevant after the the 2nd of July. But nevertheless, the intention is to seek submissions by the 25th of July to consult with all of those with an interest in higher education and introduce legislation to give effect to whatever changes are made in the middle of 2017 for the introduction of a system on the 1st of January 2018. Labor has come out with quite a comprehensive policy of its own, and I think one of the good one of the things that we've been calling for is in the context of Labor having come out with its policy, and the fact that we have been living with this um, uh, with this very profound policy uncertainty for over two years. We've been calling on the government to um, make clear to everyone it's thinking on where it does want to take higher education policy in the context of its original proposals announced in Budget Day 2014, having been rejected twice by the Senate and clearly going nowhere. Um, and so you know, we're pleased to see that they, um, they have come up with or they've released this policy paper. It doesn't provide policy certainty, but it certainly um, is a step in the right direction in encouraging debate and discussion around the key issues for higher education policy reform. And so now we have both Labor um, out very clear with its policy, um, some way to uh, a coalition uh, policy and you know in our view that's placed higher education as an election issue and quite frankly given the role that um, universities are going to need to play in positioning Australia for making that transition to the new economy that's how it that's how it should be.